Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 13. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Father, we love your word. We ask that you speak to us now. And give us hearts to receive the word of God, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Take your Bible and turn with me to Matthew chapter 13, would you? Matthew chapter 13 as we continue with the kingdom parables. If you were here last week, you know I told you that the point we looked at the parable of the seed and the sower. And I told you that the point of the parable of the seed and the sower The point of the parable was not the seed, and it was not the sower. The point of the parable was the soil. The soil in the parable, last week we looked at it, represents the heart. So the point of the parable was the soil last week. This morning, or this afternoon, should I say, the next three parables, the point of the parables is not the soil, but it's the seeds, not the soil, but the seeds. And in these parables, we're going to look at three of them this uh, today. In these parables, we're, we're going to talk about the parable of the tares and the wheat. We're going to talk about the parable of the mustard seed, which is fascinating, interesting. And, and, and all the parables are interesting. All of God's word is interesting. Amen, saints. But Interesting. And then we're going to talk about the parable of the leaven, the parable of the tares and the wheat, the parable of the mustard seed and the parable of the leaven. Now, listen, it's interesting. In each of these three parables, we will see that Satan, listen, is an imitator. Satan is a counterfeiter. Is that a word? And in these parables, we're going to see, you're taking notes, write this down. Number one, we'll see that Satan plants false Christians. Not only does Satan plant false Christians, but he also encourages false growth. And not only false Christians and false growth, but also Satan introduces false doctrine, false teaching. In the midst of God's kingdom, the church, God's people. Look with me, if you will, in Matthew chapter 13. We're going to pick up our study today, beginning in verse 24. Saints, if you're there, would you say a hearty amen? Ah, that wasn't hearty enough. If you're there, say a hearty amen. Amen. That's a little better. Verse 24, look at it. Another parable. He put forth to them saying, look at this. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. 
But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. And so the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, No. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at the end of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the tares or gather the wheat, pardon me, into my barn. Now fast forward, if you will, with me to verse 36. Then Jesus said, or then Jesus sent the multitude away, and he went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. Toward the end of a busy day, we know from chapter 12 into chapter 13. Toward the end of a busy day, Jesus went out of the house that he had been teaching. People love to hear Jesus teach. Many people came, even thousands of people, crowding to hear Jesus teach. And so Jesus then comes out of the house where he had been teaching. He got into a boat. He pushed offshore. Remember we talked about it? It's, this is the Sea of Galilee. And it was there in that boat that Jesus turns the boat into a pulpit and he begins to speak in parables. Now, keep in mind, parables were the hot topic of teaching in that day or the hot method of teaching in that day. Parables. What's a parable? The word parable, got a pen, comes from two Greek words. First, para, P-A-R-A, which literally means to come alongside or alongside. We know the word paraclete, which is another word for what? The Holy Spirit. And he, the Holy Spirit, not it in energy or force, but he, the third person of the Godhead, he comes alongside before a person becomes a Christian. The Holy Spirit, the paraclete, comes alongside and convicts that person of sin. And then that's how you get saved. Do you know without that work of the Spirit, without the paraclete, the Holy Spirit coming alongside and telling you you need to be born again, you could not be born again. It wouldn't occur to you to be born again. It wouldn't occur to you that you need to be saved. But it's the Holy Spirit who comes alongside of you and says, you're a sinner and you need to be born again. And you think it's your intuition and you think it's your conscience, but it isn't. It's the work of the paraclete who comes alongside and says, Jesus loves you, receive him now. And you say, yeah, that's right. I'm a sinner. That's right, I need Jesus. That's a work of God. That's why the Bible says no man can come to the Father unless he is drawn. And you are drawn by the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, 
Are you with me so far? Say amen. So now the first word, the first part of that word parable means to come alongside. Para, P-A-R-A. And then the second part of the word is bole. Para bole. And that literally means to throw. And so Jesus would lay alongside a story to illustrate a heavenly truth. Someone once said it like this, simple as this, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Don't you just love that? Jesus loved to tell stories. He just loved to tell, don't you just love a good storyteller? You know, if you got a good storyteller, you tell me a good story, you got my ears. Everybody loves a good storyteller, you know, when I was in school, I didn't learn a thing. You know, like, we know, Pastor. <laughs> Quiet. Because the teachers, you know, I, I just wasn't that type of learner. I wasn't the kind of learner where you just give me a book or give me a diagram or give me something and I just go read it and figure it out. That's not the type of learner I am. I'm more of an illustrative type person. You got to draw me some stick people or something. You got to show me something because then I thought that's the way I learn. I'm a visual learner. And most people, believe it or not, are just that way. They are visual learners. You learn by what you see. You learn by what is illustrated. And the interesting thing is Jesus knew that before the psychologist figured it out. And someone once said Jesus was a storytelling man. And he really was. Someone else once said this, and I love this. Jesus was not a theologian. He was God who told stories. Don't you like that? He was God who told stories. And Jesus liked to tell stories. And that's why people came around him. And that's why people listened. And that's why people learned. Because he'd tell a story. And you'd listen and you'd learn and from the illustration that Jesus would, would present. And so he spoke in parables. And if you fast forward to verse 34, don't do it now. But it says that he didn't speak any other way other than parables. Isn't that interesting? Now, one of the things that we learned last week, if you were with us, we learned in the parable of the seed and the sower, here's what we learn. That Satan opposes God's kingdom. And one of the ways that Satan opposes God's kingdom is Satan seeks to hinder the word of God from making it into the heart of people. Satan, as we talked about last week, he doesn't care if you go to church. He only cares if you listen while you're in church. You see, all y'all just perked up right now, then you? are just like, oh, I don't want to be a tool of the devil. He doesn't care if you go to church. Satan goes to church. Sounds like a book or a movie, doesn't it? Satan goes to church. It's true. He doesn't care if you go to church. He cares if you listen. Because if you listen, then the seed of the word of God just might make its way into your heart and it might bring forth fruit. So one of the ways in which Satan seeks to hinder, it, it seeks to oppose God and oppose the kingdom of God is to keep the word of God from making it into the hearts of people. We talked about that. And as the sower sowed the seed, only one out of four soils brought forth fruit and was saved. Now, when Satan's attacks fail in that regard of hindering the word of God from making it into 
your heart into the soil, when that attack fails, get this, Satan has other ways of attacking God's word and God's kingdom. Point number one, parable number one, the parable of the tares and the wheat. Look in your Bibles again. Notice this farmer. He goes out in verse 24 through 30. He goes out, sows some wheat in the field. He is tired. Apparently a farmer, naturally he would be tired. He goes home. He goes to sleep. And while he is sleeping, someone comes and sows some tares among the wheat. Now these tares are known, watch me, these tares are known as bearded darnel. Bearded Darnell. And it's very interesting with the bearded Darnell, you cannot tell the difference between the Darnell and wheat. It's impossible. They look alike. They smell alike. If, if they, they have the same color, they look exactly like wheat. The only difference is if you eat the bearded Darnell, you will convulse and die. That's the only difference. The only way to determine the difference between wheat and bearded Darnell is when they come to a an head. And then they have a different head. But that doesn't happen until the harvest. So it's interesting now, these servants, they discover this bearded Darnell or the tear among the wheat. And they said, Master, do you want us to rip it out? And the master said, no, because you might rip out the wheat because you can't distinguish between the wheat and the tare. And the master said, leave it until the harvest and we will gather the tares and bind them and burn them. And the wheat we will gather and we will put it into the barn. And then notice in verse 36, in your Bibles, when the disciples get alone with Jesus, they, they say to Jesus, they say, can you tell us what this means? Now, I love that about the disciples. You remember when you were in school and the teacher would say, you know, does everyone in the class understand what I'm saying? That's my teacher voice. Does everyone in the class understand what I'm saying? And everybody in the class would go, yeah, I understand it. I understand it. You understand it. I understand it. Knowing darn well you don't understand. But just say you understand. Why? Because you don't want to look like the class idiot. You don't want to look like, hey, I'm the only one in the class that doesn't understand. So everybody in the class, although everybody doesn't understand, everybody in the class says, I understand. The disciples weren't that way. When the disciples didn't understand something, it's interesting because Jesus is telling this deep, spiritual, you know, earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And the disciples, they don't sit there and look at Jesus and go, dude. That's deep, man. That is deep. Man, that's heavy, Jesus. That's heavy, dude. That's deep. They don't do that. You know what they say? They say, Jesus, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> See, I can relate. Because I'm, I'm like, teacher, no, I don't understand. What in the world are you talking about? And then notice, Jesus gives them the answer. Jesus pointedly tells them exactly what he's talking about. Notice in verse 37, if you're with me so far, say amen. He answered in verse 37 and he said to them, he who sows the good seed 
is whose saints? The son of man. The field is what? The world. The good seeds are who? The sons of the kingdom. But the tares are who? Let me hear you. The sons of the wicked one. The enemy is who? The devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are who? The angels. Therefore, in verse 40, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they'll gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and those who practice lawlessness. In my Bible, I have written, Oh, happy day. You watch WRAL and News 14 and NBC 17 and the news and the evil in the world. Watching America's most wanted, the evil, evil, awful, evil things that people do to other people and that big people do to little people. Jesus says there's going to come a day when he is going to put away all those who practice lawlessness and praise God, oh, happy day. This will come a day. I'm getting old, y'all. These words are running together here. I need some glasses. And notice he says in verse 42, not only is he going to put down all those who practice lawlessness, He's going to cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. In the book of Revelation, it says, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the spirit says. He who has an ear, like in one ear. Here we have two ears, and therefore we need to hear what the spirit says to this church today. Notice Jesus in verse 37, he begins to explain the parable. There's no need to try to figure it out. No need to try to get into the theology and interpreting and finding out what it means, he simply pointedly points out to the disciples exactly what it means. He says the sow, he, he that sows the good seed is the son of man. That's Jesus. And in verse 38, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The tares are the children of the wicked one. And there you can see the true and the false. The enemy is verse in verse 39 is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the reapers are the angels. You see, it's not difficult to understand. Jesus makes it very clear. It's almost as if because he knows the disciples are like us and we don't often get it. We just don't get it. Jesus says, okay, fellas, listen and listen close. Point number one, he that sows the seed is moi. Got it? And they're going, okay, yeah, we got that point. Point number two, the field is the world. Number th See, he's just pointing it out very clear, very succinctly, so there is no guesswork. Simple as this. Are you taking notes? The parable of the wheat and the tares simply teach us that Satan has his counterfeit. And he does. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 tells us that Satan comes as an angel of light. Remember Jesus said, I am the light of the world. 
Satan has his counterfeit. And Satan loves to pretend to be something that he is not. He has a counterfeit gospel in Galatians chapter 1. He has a counterfeit righteousness in Romans chapter 10. He has a counterfeit church in Revelation chapter 2. And he has a counterfeit Messiah. We call him the Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Satan's tears look like Christians, they act like Christians, they talk like Christians, but they are not genuine Christians. And whenever and wherever God is moving, Satan is always coming along with an evil imitation. Isn't that true, saints? Always. An evil imitation. Satan seeks to oppose God's work in God's kingdom by planting false Christians. Don't you remember what Jesus said? Matthew chapter 7 verse 15, Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you. And there's the operative word. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. Did you notice Jesus didn't say, beware of false prophets and you go looking for them. He says, they come to you. You don't have to go looking for them. You don't have to go out, oh, here, false prophet. Here, false prophet. Where you at? False prophet. False prophet. Where's the false prophet? You don't go looking for them. They come to you. Jesus says they're dressed in sheep's clothing. In other words, they're wearing a sheep suit. Not a cheap suit. And maybe they are wearing a cheap suit, but they are dressed in sheep and they come and they look like sheep and they act like sheep and they smell like sheep. Did you know sheep stink? So it's not a compliment in the Bible when it says all we like sheep have gone astray. That's not a compliment. See, they come in. And they look like us and they act like us and they, 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 they worship and hallelujah and bah, praise the Lord, bah. And you can't tell. They come to you. You see, it's no secret. I don't know. I'm not so deceived as a pastor. Let me tell you something. I am not so deceived as a pastor and you shouldn't be deceived as the people of God to think that everybody that walks through those doors are born again Christians. You shouldn't be so deceived. Everyone who comes through the doors of the church are not Christians no more than if you go to McDonald's and stand in McDonald's, it makes you a hamburger. Amen, saints? Stand in your garage, don't make you a car. Coming to church does not make you a Christian. I was telling my wife yesterday, I'm preparing for this sermon. Recently, I asked a guy, I said to him, I said, are you a Christian? And he said, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian, but not one of those born-again types. <laughs> one of those born-againers, he said. And I said, well, what other type is there? I mean, think about it. Think about that. What other type of Christian is there? If you're not born again, then you're not a Christian. Don't you remember when Nick came to Jesus at night? Sorry. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. And Nick came to Jesus. And old lawyer attorney Nick, 
He's talking, and Jesus says, Nick, don't try to figure it out. The wind comes from where it comes from and goes where it goes, and you don't know. He says, don't worry about it. Don't get all caught up in it. Nick, you just need to know this. He said, what, saint? You must be born again. Can I submit to you? There is no other type of Christian. You are either born again or you, and I'm just trying to help us to shape our words and shape our theology and shape what we talk and what we say about this Bible. The reality is, if you're not born again, you are not a Christian. There is no other kind of Christian but the born again type. And when somebody says to you, oh, you're one of those born againers, you go, that's right, what's it to you? You don't want none of this. And I'm proud of it. I love being a Christian. Amen, saints? It's awesome being a Christian. But just because people come into the church doesn't make them a Christian. Everybody in the church is not a Christian. Everybody here this morning, we're not all Christians. Don't you remember? Jesus had 12 disciples. And 11 of them were truly with him. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.